Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 13, If I could speak all the language of earth and of angels but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong, a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but I didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it, but... If I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own ways. It is not irritable. It keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, and is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Now, whether you're married or not, you're in a dating relationship or not, chapels like this, messages like this, passages like this are not just exclusively for the marital relationship or the dating relationship. Uh, This love chapter speaks into what it means to be a husband, what it means to be a wife, what it means to be a good boyfriend, what it means to be a loving girlfriend. It it speaks to all that, but it really speaks to how we are to interact uh, with other human beings uh, in all situations. A great exercise in this portion of Scripture that talks about love is, love is, and love is not, love is not, is is to read through it and put your own name in it. Instead of saying, love is kind, you say, Doug is kind. Or you just put your name in there and you put the personal emphasis and it just kind of hits you in a different way that uh, what's expected of us in relationships is to exe- exemplify all these character qualities that uh, Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 13. So with that kind of said, today's chapel is not really Valentine's Day chapel, but uh, we're framing it as a relationship chapel. And uh, I want to introduce a very special couple. I'm going to ask them a couple of questions. And I think uh, there's a little message that they've prepared as well that they want to share. So would you put your hands together and welcome Jonathan and Harmony Thomas to the platform. And they are bringing up their second. Jeremiah is somewhere in the gym. You guys have a seat right there. And uh, where's Jeremiah? Is he... Oh, somewhere around. He's climbing the rafters somewhere. <laughs> yeah, he's on an elevator. And, uh, but here's, here is Hope. And how old is Hope? Just turned five months. Five months. Everybody go, ah. Five-month-old babies are like the best. Yes, they are. <laughs> now, two-year-olds, that's something else. Oh, yeah. It is something else. <laughs> and that's what we're dealing with, probably with Jeremiah. Yeah. How many of you know Jonathan Thomas? He's our RD in our apartments. Jonathan has served a number of different capacities. He just graduated a number of years ago. So some of you maybe had a class with him, perhaps. Um, but he's also served as a graduate assistant for me in spiritual life this uh, previous year. And then this year, he, they have been serving as our resident directors uh, in our apartments. And they're fabulous, fabulous people. My wife, Vicki, and I have a special kind of kinship with Harmony and Jonathan, uh, because back when Jonathan was finishing his pastoral degree, my wife was finishing her pastoral degree, and they went, they had to go to the Bible Lands trip, uh, on the same trip, and so Vicki said, why don't you join me as, as, as a spouse, and Jonathan raised <laughs> enough money through selling Krispy Kreme donuts to bring Harmony, so yeah, 
good idea. Now, note to self, uh, when we can get back to selling donuts and, <laughs> yeah. on campus. But anyway, we went to Israel together, and then uh, also uh, they were in a period of time where their apartment flooded. They needed a temporary space to live, and so they lived with us for about three months a couple of summers ago, and we just had a great time. We love you very much, very proud of you. Um, but we want to give them a chance to answer questions uh, and respond to not just relationships and not just marital relationships, but uh, Jonathan and Harmony are a biracial couple, and it's just fabulous. Uh, let's, let's just say the obvious, yes. And, um, and so w- w- what we want to do is we want to give Jonathan an opportunity to just give a little bit of a messaging about diversity, you know, God, Christianity, diversity. And then I've got just three questions that relate to what's it like to be a biracial couple, benefits, challenges, that sort of thing. And then we, we also hopefully are going to leave a little bit of time if anybody from the floor or the balcony wants to ask a question to them. We're going to do this very, you know, very like family oriented. There's not a microphone for you. I'm not going to give you my cell number to text me. So if you, if you want to ask a question, you're going to stand to your feet and I'm going to look and you're going to, sell, you're going to say it as loud as you can and then I'm going to repeat it into the microphone. So just if you've got a question, you're bold enough to stand up and ask, we'll, we're going to try to give you some room before we close. Everybody got it? All right. Jonathan, what word do you have for us today on diversity? Well, first of all, thank you so much, Dr. Graham, for being here to be our moderator and also being the host of Chapel. Um, I always believe in getting, uh, giving honor where honor is due, and I honor this place. I honor North Central and the leadership thereof, and um, just a, such a great opportunity for, uh, for us to be able to speak in front of all of you. Um, before I get into the little, the little sermonette that I had um, about diversity, um, I, was, I was over here standing in worship, and um, I feel like the Lord spoke to my heart, and I, and I, I got to be obedient to the Lord. So um, as that's one thing, a couple things about that song. Um, for some of you may not know, the person that sings that particular song um, has like a litany of health conditions, a litany of health conditions. And it's often, more often than not, she sees other people getting healed, like from her songs, but not necessarily experiencing healing herself. Um, so that's one thing that came to mind. I felt like the Lord spoke to my heart and saying, for so, for some of you here are kind of feeling like, you know, I really need healing. And I'm wondering, like, when is God going to heal me? If God's going to heal me. And, and I want to encourage you that healing is not the end goal. Healing isn't the end goal. A relationship with Jesus is the end goal. And that's what it's, it's true for her, for the young lady that sings that song. Um, and it's, it's true for us as recipients of that song. And sometimes healing happens and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it happens in mysterious ways and supernatural ways. And sometimes it happens through doctors and through medication. Um, and then sometimes it just doesn't. But at the end of it all, that is not the end goal. The end goal is a lifelong relationship with Jesus. Can I get an amen? Amen. Another thing that came to mind is this. Uh, That song is written from God's perspective to us. And it's so so powerful. And that's actually kind of risky because if you get it wrong, you know, it can can lead you down a a theological track that's, that's probably not the best. But it's written from God's perspective to you. And I feel like there's at least one, maybe a couple people here. The Lord spoke to my heart and said, like, they need to hear this song. And one, you need to know that the victory is yours. The victory is yours. It's not just lyrics to a song. It's a lifestyle we live. It's, it's literally the perspective of God to his creation. Victory is yours. 
in the tradition that my family grew up in, we have a song. It's a, it's a victory is mine. Victory is mine. Victory today is mine. I told Satan, get behind, because victory today is mine. So, but when I hear that song, when Genesis was singing, like, victories is yours, and I'm like, I believe that. And I got historical tradition that teaches me that. I have the Bible that's with me that teaches me that. But sometimes we forget it because we live in the, we live in the time, we live in days where trials and tests and tribulations, they come, right? And it's hard to see the victory. Sometimes it's hard to feel victorious. But from God's perspective, victory does belong to you. And thirdly, and it kind of segues into the sermonette, victory is not just for you, but it's for all people. On the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit descended upon those in the upper room, and even when they came out speaking in other tongues, I want you to know that diversity was always on the mind of God. Other tongues, so other people and other cultures could hear the wonderful mysteries and prophecies and them uh, praising and giving honor to the Lord in their own language. Such a beautiful moment that was there. And then when they dispersed on the day of Pentecost, they went into their own geographical places bringing this this spiritual uh, undertaking, this spiritual emphasis that at this moment has never been done before. All nations, all tongues were present there. And then you fast forward and you have epistles written by Paul saying that how, how it's in Christ's mind that it's for every tribe, every nation, every tongue to bow in reverence to our God. Victory belongs to every single person, regardless of culture, tradition, regardless of background, upbringing. And when I say culture, I mean more than just uh, your ethnicity. Because culture is much more than that. We're our communication, we're our habits, we're our experiences. And if you really dive deep into our, to what, to, um, our related experiences and our compared experiences, we're actually much more diverse than, we, than media or than any other person truly gives us credit for. Because I'm going to keep it real. Not all white people are the same. Right. <laughs> like we use blanket labels to say these are white people or these are black people or these are Asian people. But those blanket statements do not do not give justice to the individuality and the creativity and the tradition and culture of so many other people represented in Christ's perspective. Right. God created everything in diversity when he gave the gifts of the spirit. Right. Same spirit, but a variety of gifts. Same race, variety of colors, right? You look at his creation outside, trees, they're all a kind of tree, but they're all different and all necessary and all purposeful. So I want to encourage you today, even as we have this conversation, like you as an individual, you are valued in God's sight. Regardless of background, regardless of culture, God sees that, intended you to be that, intended you to have those traditions and cultures, and God celebrate those, celebrates those with you. But the greatest thing that we get to do with our culture is share it with one another and also come together as a Christ-following community to say, all hail King Jesus, for you are good and your mercy endures forever. Amen. That's what was on my heart.
That's awesome. Harmony, you got a sermon? All right, well, we'll get you engaged here. I got some questions, but before we do that, the first question I want to ask um, uh, you, Jonathan, I want to make sure you are auditioning for the Worship Live Alumni Edition. Is Woo! that, come on, get your hands here. You, you think you need, yeah, that was outstanding. Okay, so um, talk a little bit about, because I think, I think what you just said there was so very, very powerful. It's not just about cultural diversity that that can be defined by races, but but there's a cultural diversity just in marrying or dating someone, uh, dating anyone. So outside of the of the 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 the, the, the racial diversity, how have you guys navigated the different culture that you were both raised in? But it's not related to to skin color. How have you navigated that, and how have you created like your own culture? Oh. <laughs> It takes a lot of practice. I'm going to start with that. It's, it's not you just first meet someone and then all of a sudden you boom, you know, you know them. You know their history, you know their family background. Um, when I first met Jonathan, he kind of took me for a loop. So we met in Ohio in the cornfields at a Bible college. And Jonathan from Minneapolis comes up to me. Hi, I'm Jonathan Thomas. I'm from Minneapolis, Minnesota. What's your name? And my first thought was who is this guy, why is he talking to me, and why is he so friendly, right? Because where I'm from, it's kind of like, now keep in mind, I'm, I'm not saying this is right. This is just the cornfields in Ohio. I'm a little country girl. In my mind, it's kind of like, whoa, red flag, stranger danger. Like, what kind of motive does he have, right? But for Jonathan, he's just being friendly. That's a part of his family culture, right? And so I really had to, to learn him and get to know him. And then once I met his family, it made a lot more sense to me where, you know, you walk in and everyone, hi, I'm so-and-so, I'm from here, what's your name? You know, and you hear it 20 times at a family gathering, but that's just a part of his culture and that's such a beautiful thing. And I had to learn to get out of my comfort zone in efforts of not looking you know, stuck up or, you know, snuffy, where I had to learn to get comfortable in that environment. And now I'm even kind of that person that's like, hi, I'm Harmony. I'm from the cornfields of Ohio. What's your name? <laughs> right. But that that's kind of something that we had to work on together where he had to learn how to kind of uncrack the little shell that I was in where I just kind of want to stay in my little bubble and I'm comfortable in my little bubble and no one needs to come in. And he had to, to help me learn to get out of that and to be friendly to other people, right? So that's kind, of, um, that's kind of the relationship that we have now when we greet other people. That's the relationship that our son has, which is such a beautiful thing. I, don't, I try to walk around with the kids um, every now and then, and I'm sure you guys have seen Jeremiah in his curly hair. And he just goes, hi, how are you? Hey, hey, hi, how are you? But because I was willing to take that step of, you know, getting out of myself and getting out of my comfort zone and Jonathan taking the time to be patient with me and help me to learn, you know, that's kind of the, the culture that we've grown within our family now. So Awesome. Yeah. Jonathan. I mean, I think you put it in a very, I think, I don't even know if there's anything else to add. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, you're awesome. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, we, 
we, we notice that, well, one, we have to keep in mind, like, like no culture is better than any other. Right. It's, there's just differences. So when I remember when we were kind of early on, like even when we were engaged, we were like, what kind of culture do we want to bring into our family? We were like, well, let's bring the best of both, you know? Like, for example, in my culture, we really like to eat. Like, we like to eat. It needs to be seasoned to a T, right? Her culture, uh, well, her family, I'll say. My family. Her family, like whenever I meet food, they're like, whoa, it's like a burst of flavor in your mouth. I'm like, that's the mashed potatoes. Like, it's not. <laughs> now he's telling the truth, though. <laughs> like, that's the mashed potatoes and gravy. Like, that's, you know. The li- <laughs> lightly salted. Lightly salted, right. <laughs> but um, so, so I guess, like, just trying to take the best things, the things that you appreciate. And, and when I say the best things, I don't mean the best things from my perspective. I mean the best, like, we need, when we are creating our culture for our family, I'm allowing Harmony to bring the things that she feels are the best things in her culture into our culture as we create our own, and vice versa. It's not me nitpicking, saying, oh, I like that, but... You know, I don't quite understand that, so I don't really want that. That's not what it is at all. It's being able to, I mean, a part of love is being able to trust one another and trust that, that what your spouse is going to bring in or what your boyfriend or your girlfriend is going to bring into the relationship is valuable um, and is necessary uh, for the growth and cultivation of the relationship. So, Excellent. So why don't we just uh, kind of address the, you know, the pink elephant in the room related to challenges. Being a biracial couple... Uh, even when you started dating or now that you're married and raising a family, are there challenges that you, that you have to deal with and have to answer so, dumb questions or hurtful questions or comments or, you know, how have you navigated that uh, in, in a way that's made you stronger as a couple? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, there are... T- I like how we both smile because there's a lot of challenges. <laughs> well, there's, and let me keep in mind, there's challenges to any relationship, right? Yeah. There's challenges in friendships, yeah. right? Amen, right? There are, right? There's challenges in friendships, and they just kind of keep to, they keep multiplying, it seems, like as you advance into the relationship. And then even we add on the, the layer of being a biracial couple, there are unique challenges in that, in our kind of, in our marriage that a comparable marriage that maybe come from the same culture, like just don't navigate. Um, one of the big ones for us was uh, communication, for sure. Like I communicated in a completely different way than Harmony did. Harmony, you want to speak to that? <laughs> sure. <laughs> I probably had the most, uh, the hardest time with this. Um, he, I don't know if you guys know my husband, but he can be a little direct, and not not in a mean way. It's just I'm used to. What do you want for dinner? Oh, I don't know. What do you want? You know, and it's just kind of like ring around the rosy. You know step on eggshells all day long for absolutely no reason and Jonathan will be like I want Fogo tonight and I think we should eat at six o'clock and I'm like whoa you know what I mean and um, that was something where we could have a completely normal conversation and because of his directness now this was like when we first got married really because of his directness I would kind of put up walls because that's not a part of of my my family culture it's almost like if there's an elephant in the room, we just kind of let it stay there and we feed it every Friday night and it just kind of stays there. You guys, okay. Well, oh yeah, I was just, just going to add. So from her perspective, I came off too direct, right? And then so when I spoke with her, I was like, why isn't she direct at all? <laughs> 
Right. I'll, I'll say like, what do you want? She's like, oh, I don't know. Maybe this, maybe that. I'm like, you know, there's only like three decisions. <laughs> Whatever you want. <laughs> or there'd be moments where I'm like, okay, like Harmony and I will have a conversation and I'm, 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 I'm kind of asking her for her opinion. And she, it's like, it's like pulling teeth. I was like, like, what do you want? It's <laughs> like, I don't know. And I'm just like, okay, well, I, I know exactly what I want. And like, but Harmony doesn't know. And then maybe it's just because it takes time. And it was just something that we had to navigate mm-hmm. for sure. And because of that, unfortunately, I think that caused some, it was easy to cause bitterness in my heart towards him because in my mind, it's like, he should just already know. And I don't know if that's like a woman and a man thing or if that has to do probably from the, from the reactions of the audience. But it would just be, you know, I would like make a hint at something like, hmm, you know, that would be nice. And he, he just, he's like, mm-hmm, you know, and then come three hours later, I'm not getting that thing that I wanted. Right. And I'm like, well, you know, I threw that hint at him. And again, that's a part of the communication where in his family, if you want ice cream, Hey, I want ice cream. Where do you want to go to get some ice cream? My family, oh, it's Thursday. It sounds like a good night to have some ice cream. And just nothing, right? And then I would get upset, like, well, I told him I wanted ice cream, but I didn't. I didn't really tell him I wanted ice cream, right? And so I had to learn that that was something that I needed to work on with my communication, that through him for a hard two years. (laughs) From her perspective, it was like, Jonathan should just figure it out. And then from my perspective, actually, there were times where I was like, why is Harmony trying to manipulate me? Right. <laughs> like, oh, it'd be a good night for ice cream. I'm like, sure, it could be. Could not be. I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to go to Fogo. <laughs> right. I don't know. Another thing that comes up in communication, probably just real quickly here, there's a moment, like, I, uh, I tend to be a really deep thinker. Like, I'm an internal processor. So, like... I, like, I can live in my head and just be just fine there and just like have a good old time, right? Um, but there would be times Harmony would ask me a question and, and in her family, they talk over each other all the time. And it's like, I'm like, do you two even like each other? Like, are you even listening to one another? And in my, in my family, like, it's expected that you take time to actually think about the question that's being asked. So she'll ask me like, where do you want to go out to eat? And I'll just... Pause, a long pause, really long. <laughs> and like, here's the thing, 60 seconds have gone by, right? And then I'm like, hey, you want, let's go to McDonald's. And she's like, what are you talking about? Because <laughs> like, I forgot the question <laughs> at that point. So, so that's just another funny communication thing there for sure. Yeah. So as, as you describe the, the tension, the dynamic, the things that you've had to work out together, um, ha, have you had to navigate being biracial? Like, have you had to navigate... Uh, uh, prejudice in, in family members or friends or society as a whole that have kind of would maybe look at you sideways or take a double look or whatever. I mean, how how have you navigated, you know, that those types of uh, you know unfortunate situations? Yeah. Um, let's see. It, well, it helps that we have a you know a Christian worldview, so we don't we don't our first like our first instinct isn't to uh, 
be defensive, it's actually to love the individual. Um, to love them towards understanding, right? We don't, we're not just like passive and we just allow things to happen, but we take steps to try to show them like, hey, that maybe the way that you're thinking um, is not what maybe the Lord intended or what like, God intended. Um, so we try to love people um, even though that they may have some type of disdain to us because of, just because that we're together. Um, and yeah, we've navigated those uh, situations. Um, in fact, um, one, of, uh, one of my grandparents um, said like, I, t I told my, my grandmother that, uh, that I was gonna marry Harmony and she was like, oh really? Okay, well what happened to your other girlfriend who happened to be a black woman? <laughs> and I was like, well grandma, it, things just didn't work out. And she was like, oh man, and I was like, I was like, Grandma. <laughs> she was like, she's like, baby, I'm just, I'm just saying. I was like, Grandma, meet Harmony, and then you'll know. And then my grandma met Harmony, and she was like, Jonathan, I get it. And uh, and uh, so it was just, it was a nice because I was like, I'm not gonna rebuke my grandma, <laughs> you know, which is a huge no-no in my culture. Like you don't, you don't disrespect, you know, grandma, granddad, right? Um, but I did love her into showing her like it's there's there, like relationships don't need to be contingent upon pigmentation of skin or traditions. And once she met Harmony, she was like, Jonathan, this is the greatest woman that you've ever brought around me. And um, so that's that's just one one situation that comes to mind. I mean, here's what I want to do. I, I look at the clock and wow, time flies when we're having a good time. Does anybody have a quick question? We're at 11:40, so we have to close down. But does anybody have a quick question that you just would love to see if Jonathan and Harmony might respond to? Okay, Genesis, nice and loud. Would you please? What's your favorite couple activity? <laughs> Do you have activities when you have two kids during COVID? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, man, before children, BC, uh, we used to really love doing music together. That was something where he let me listen to my country music that I don't, I mean, you know, and I let him listen to his music. And, um, and then we kind of just found this beautiful blend. We found this like harmony, if you will, where that's one thing that really brought us closer together. And that's one thing we both really had in common was music. And that was easy to kind of like mesh over that. Um, yeah, yeah. The, the way that I, when we were uh, just friends, the way that I wanted to spend more time with harmony was actually by learning the guitar. Um, yes. Harmony was like, hmm, you know, I want to learn the guitar. And I was like, really? Co by coincidence, so do, so do I. Let's go to Guitar Center next time we both get paid <laughs> and buy some guitars and learn together. <laughs> Genius. It worked. It hey, worked. <laughs> before we close down, uh, Harmony, would you pray a prayer over these students yeah. and bless them before we walk out? Yeah. Father, Lord, we just come before you and we thank you for this opportunity to, to be able to be together and to have our hearts receive uh, your, the messages that you've brought forth today. Father, I pray that you just continue to give us wisdom, Holy Spirit, on how we can make an impact on others that are around us. Father, within our culture and also within other cultures that are around us, Lord, give us a heart for people that are unlike us. Lord, I pray that you just give us new ways to to find people and to to get to know them and their family and their history so that we can have a, a better way to communicate and to minister to them. Father, we pray that this is not the end of this conversation for these students, but that they seek, they seek out your will around them, Father, when it comes to diversity and learning about diversity. 
Father, we love you. We thank you for all things. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Y'all have a wonderful Valentine's Day and a great weekend. Yes. Thanks, you guys. That was fun.